0: Hey Ryan, what's up? What's going on? Not much. You ready to start this? Let's do it. Alright. No fade out.
1: <laughs> One <laughs> of these days they will make that update.
0: I'm going to put our own music in here because that's getting stupid.
1: <laughs> Alright. Alright. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the It's Too Wordy comic book podcast, where a couple of buddies talk about their comics, their comics from their childhood and today. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. And today we are going to do The Immortal Hulk 41 and Crisis on Infinite Earths number four. Where would you like to start, Nick?
0: Uh, let's start out with The Immortal Hulk. All right. I think that's an excellent choice. So have you been reading the
1: series? No. Neither have I. Um, I've heard a lot of great things about it. Uh, This is our second Al Ewing book in a row. Last week being Guardians of the Galaxy. And I don't think either of us were real high on that one. No. Um, I have seen a lot of comments online, though, that everybody loves this cover because it's, The Hulk and the Thing sitting down in a diner booth, looking at each other, and they Hulk's got like a bowl of chili, and the Thing's eating a sandwich, and the lady or the waitress is over there with a cup of coffee or cup of of coffee. What was a (laughs) coffee? A cup of pot. Oh my! A pot of coffee. That's what I want. Yeah. There you go. A pot of coffee. Wow, that was bad. Um. Oh, and I just caught this. I don't know if you saw it. You see the reflections in the mirror or in the window? A banner? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't catch that until just now. Um it is a really neat cover. Um The Hulk on it though kind of looks like the old old Hulk version.
0: Yeah, the sixties. Almost like a
1: yeah, like a Frankenstein Hulk looking. Mm-hmm wasn't super crazy about that. I kind of liked a little bit more modernized look of the Hulk, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I did enjoy the Fantastic Four. To <laughs> The little to reference piece. in the beginning? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> about the thing um, and how the Hulk kind of looks like him, according to Johnny Storm, or... The thing looks like the Hulk. There we go. Try that again. Um, so, yeah, we've been, I've been hearing a lot of good things about this. I know the earlier issues have been blowing up like crazy. Um, I was a little lost getting into this. Me too. And that's what happens when we try to pick up a book in the middle of a series. In the,
0: in the 40s, yeah, right? Yeah.
1: That's why a lot of times the stuff we cover is – Issue one or two, or something like that, not a mid tier book, or at least if it's a mid tier, it's a start of a storyline. Um,
0: but I will say, I there are two super fights that I will always buy uh, Captain Marvel and Superman. I will always buy a fight between those two, and I will always buy a Hulk thing fight. So, does this one count though? He there's a little fight in the beginning, but. Those two characters together are really good. Like yeah. it, It's always a good back and forth, you know, and yeah, uh, it's, and it, it shows who the thing really is a lot of the time. Like mm-hmm. when he was in a uh, contest of champions and he was going against people that he should not have been able to beat and he was beating them just because he's, he doesn't give up. Mm-hmm. And even, he even knows that he's in no way a match for the Hulk ever. And he still gives it everything he has.
1: Yeah. Well, he was certainly a match for this Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: I was like, what is going on? This isn't the Hulk on the cover.
1: Yeah, this is This is when you're kind of like, uh, maybe I should have read something before this.
0: Right. I was like, um, what is wrong with this thing? Is he just not radiated enough is he just not strong enough
1: but he is the same height but he is like unbelievably thin he's really gangly yeah not a lot of muscle mass at all and the thing is barely hitting him and it flying all over the place <laughs> and the thing you made comment, he's like uh not to name drop, but Spidey hits harder than you. And that was when he was back. He was the same age as Franklin. Um, yeah. You got the guest appearance of Sue and Richard.
0: And is it toys. weird that, that Sue looks just like uh, Scarlet? Yeah, Scarlet.
1: Oh, I can see that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Do you, like, squint because I'm kind of going blind and I'm not wearing my glasses? Kind of <laughs> kind of a blonde Scarlett Johansson.
1: Yeah. I can see that a little bit. I, I'm sure that she was used as a reference for that. Um, yeah, I mean, with the Hulk being this strangling, not much of a fight. Um, and then... So... I got really confused in the center of this. When he... The thing couldn't hold his punch in time. Right. Is that Banner?
0: Because he's like,
1: no, he's a kid.
0: Banner... uh, There's a lot of Hulks inside of this body. And Banner is dead, I believe. And he's he's in hell.
1: Oh, that's right, because of the rest of the story.
0: Yeah. And uh, this is like a, a kid Hulk. Okay. Like he's got a brain of a, of a kid.
1: Uh, it confused me to death when I was reading. I'm like, what in the world is the- like, what is with that mustache? Um, yeah, right.
0: <laughs> I did think it was kind of, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, and when he's, when he's turning into Banner and he punches him and you see his, his arms just crack, right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, finally. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I like how he healed himself up by <laughs> turning to the Hulk for just a brief moment to heal his arms and then go back to the human form. Uh, yeah. I did like how the thing kind of called off the Fantastic Four and said, hey, leave! Every- tell everybody there's radiation issue in here or something, so nobody comes in, leave him alone. Um, So he can just have a conversation with them.
0: (laughs) And he knows it's not Banner, too. Oh, yeah. Straight up knows. He's like, you don't sound like Bruce.
1: Yeah, and I kind of picked that up. Uh, I think it was kind of funny how the thing knew somebody that owned a restaurant (laughs) in Coney Island so he could... Grant'll jump food. Uh, yeah,
0: Ben Ben seems like he he's kind of that kind of guy that knows everybody. You know? Yeah. He was that outgoing just super cool guy that you all everybody kind of wanted to hang out with, you know? Right. Like really down to earth, really just a normal nice guy. But you know,
1: this was to me this was more of a the thing story than it was a
0: hulk story. I was going to bring up a uh, hulk versus Wolverine, how it was a Wolverine story and not a Hulk story. <laughs> right. Cuz this is this is a lot of this is about, you know, how Ben found his religious roots again. Yes. Yeah. And I think this is the second time I've heard the Job story in a week. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know where I heard it, but this is this. I was just like, wait a minute. I know this story. I heard it like last, like a couple days ago.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a popular one. No, you know, it wasn't banner, but the way he tried to connect with this guy and have a conversation. And after he leaves, banner that is, or the banner, the body, whoever it is. Um, The thing is, there's some comments where the thing is thinking, is like, it's almost wrong, seems wrong that
0: the Hulk needs friends. Um, Yeah, and it's it's also, since we haven't been reading this, and he does say, uh, the banner type character says, you keep calling me Hulk. So right. that's who you are, ain't it? You know? And it's like, is this really the Hulk? Is this a different Hulk? Is this whatever they call like the, the devil Hulk is who is this? You know? Yeah. And I'm confused. And, and it seems like banner comes back at the end. Right. That's what it was looking like to me. Yes. That
1: Just, he's back from hell or whatever, whatever. Right.
0: I will say this actually makes me want to read more Immortal Hulk. Yeah. I almost picked up King in Black, Immortal Hulk number one on accident. I did too. I would have been so pissed. Like, oh my God. i wow. like,
1: I don't remember this cover. It's not King in Black, I don't think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's number one. Okay, never mind. Yeah, that's the other
1: thing. I'm like, number one, I know there's a 41. Where is it? <laughs> there it is. All right, got it. No, it, it was an enjoyable story. Again, really tough to come in on the middle of it, but um, I thought it was okay. It doesn't make me really want to see. Anytime I read Hulk, though, I am comparing it to um, when it was Mister was it Mister Green and Mister Gray or whatever. Yeah,
0: the that 2000s
1: story. Yes, and I loved that time frame and that story. And if it's, you know, because it was just more than just the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, since then, it's, I've read some stuff, but it's like, uh, <clears throat> is it great? Is it not? You know, kind of up and down on it.
0: And the thing with those was they had incredible covers. You know, they had like the Where the Wild Thing Are cover. They had like some Norman Rockwell stuff. Oh yeah, those were great covers. Absolutely. Hulk pops. Remember the Hulk pops one where it looks yep. like the cereal box. Yep. Yeah, whoever they got to design the covers for those, they should just keep <laughs> doing them.
1: There were some iconic covers on that, and it was just it. The storytelling was great, and it wasn't just a big green guy running around throwing a temper tantrum the whole time. Right. I mean, I absolutely loved it, and then it kind of got off of that, and. I think Robada Jr. even came back onto it or something. I'm like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Thank you very much. Appreciate the effort.
0: He has a character that I'll, I'll I'll drop for about 10 years, then come back, read a couple, and drop for 10 yeah. more years. Yeah. I just don't understand people that will buy every issue of The Hulk. I don't get it. He's, I think it's just not my character. Yeah. I love the psychosis of Banner, and I love that whole story. Sp- how he's a split personality and there's a ton of different Hulks in him. That's great. But just, I I didn't really like the whole Pantheon part. I didn't care about that. I mean, I love Peter David, but I didn't really care. I don't care about the maestro, you know, that mm-hmm. it's just, he's just not my character. I did pick up the Hulk
1: omnibus for, um, Planet Hulk and then I've actually got the World War Hulk on hold at uh, Krypton because I've I've heard great things about both of those storylines I haven't had a chance to read Planet Hulk yet Uh, but I've got it sitting there ready to go and hopefully I'll get to it sooner than later but um, you know it's just not a character I can go back and forth with I think the earliest Hulk I remember reading was like 346, maybe. And that was. <laughs> I picked it up because Namor was on the cover of it. And they were bringing back the Defenders for an issue of something. Yep. And I remember everybody was flying in on the cover. They're flying in towards the Hulk on the ground. And we we're like just going to you know, power punch them down. Um, and yeah, i just not a character I've ever really gotten into, but the stuff I have read, I've enjoyed just, I don't know if I'll ever be able to fully get invested in it. And it's like you said, you know, I'm glad there's char- people out there that like those characters and want to read those characters. I just don't, quite understand the following of it for that particular character because it seems like it's the same thing over and over again
0: Wait, yeah. uh, I really loved uh, this was probably junior high when the Hulk was getting separated from Banner and it had Doc Samson and and it turned into the Grey Hulk and,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: then they had to get that put back together Hulk, right? Yeah, and then I loved that part. That was that was my Hulk back then. I mean, I couldn't get enough of that. And then it just kind of went somewhere else, and it was like, oh, okay. But so yeah, there's there's a part of me that's that has a love for this character, but it's not a love that I'm going to go out and
1: pick right. it up all the time. Yeah, it's kind of like. Um... Conan to me, right? Like the character, I'll read a book here or there, but I can't. I can't be that dedicated where I'm reading all of it. Cool, awesome. All right, <clears throat> that brings us on to a crisis on Infinite. Infant, infant. Oh my! You're word, having some Nick. some problems I'm today. Some word issues. Today. <laughs> Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, geez, number four. Wow. Um, (laughs) You know, I was looking at the cover of this. I'm like, this is the one cover I really don't remember. You know, you have the iconic covers of Superman and Supergirl or The Flash and uh, even the first cover where everybody's kind of floating Mm -hmm. there in space. And I look at that cover, I'm like, huh, can't believe that's the cover. There's like no selling point on it.
0: Yeah, it's it's not bad, but it just seems like who who cares about these three? Right, you don't have any of the
1: key hero or you know the key heroes, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman. You know.
0: Yeah, you got Pariah and and Monitor and Lila? 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 Layla. Yeah, Layla. Layla?
1: Whatever. Whatever. Sure. (laughs) Forager. This was a beefier read. Um. (laughs) I have to keep reminding myself that this is still considered pre-crisis. Because that's kind of when everything changes is after this event. So Supergirl's flying in and she's got like the long blonde permed hair.
0: And the headband.
1: The headband. Um. Barbara, you know, Batgirl doesn't even look like the standard Batgirl, I guess, because, you know, she's got the. This is when Batman and Batgirl all had the gray costume with the blue cape, not all the darker colored, you know, um, looks to them. And uh, Batgirl's trying to. Is really just pondering, you know, more worried about herself than anything else, I guess and Supergirl's like, oh, you'll do the right thing, and I know you will, and she sees this plane going towards the void, and so she takes off to save it, and Barbara's, or I keep on calling her Barbara Batgirl, is with her binoculars, watching Supergirl take off and do this, and the whole time Batgirl's sitting there going, you know, she's still being the hero that she needs to be, and I'm only worried about myself.
0: Yep. And she, she didn't even think um, about, you know, doing anything. She just sat on the top of that roof.
1: We kind of went fuzzy there, Nick.
0: What did you say? No, I'm just saying that she didn't try to do anything. She just sat on that roof and just talked to herself. Yeah. She turned into yeah. Tim Hunter for a minute.
1: <laughs> That's very good, yes. Um. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Constantine has always been a Vertigo character. Am I right? Until recently, has not made a crossover. He appeared. How they
0: said he appeared in Swamp Thing, and I think Swamp Thing was pre Vertigo.
1: Okay, because he does appear in here, and I did not remember that. Because every time you hear about Constantine, oh, he's just Vertigo. Always been Vertigo. And then they brought him over to the real DC world and then put him promptly back over to Vertigo. Uh, but he does make an appearance in here. And
0: Yeah, uh, let's just say this, this wasn't the popular John Constantine. No. This is, this is like the weird 80s swamp thing Constantine.
1: Okay, just confirming that. Um, he's talking to somebody named Stephen they never did say what this guy's name was they said John Constantine like four times but you're talking to the um, oh Steve Dayton there we go he's the world's fifth richest man at the, at the time of publishing here um, <laughs> he's talking to Constantine He's like, yeah, it's going to be the end of the world and um, it's going to be horrible. And Constantine was actually super positive. He's like, yeah, it's whatever happens, happens, but everything's going to be okay. Especially the swamp thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just like, wow, this is not the Constantine I know either. And then we hop over to Pariah. And Pariah is the one that is hopping from world to world watching everything all these people die. And once they're gone, they move. he moves to another world and watches them die. And he has no control over this. And there's three heroes on the planet he is currently on. i trying to remember if they said what. It's Earth-6. It's Earth-6. There we go. Yep. Um, and... I hate how I can never find them. Oh, look, Lord Have Volt. Lady
0: Quark and Princess and then... Fern. <laughs> Jeez. Have they ever appeared anywhere else? No. Thank God. I'm aware of. Thank <laughs> you God. You know they're stretching for names when they... Princess Fern.
1: <laughs> Lord Volt. <laughs> Jeez. And um, anyhow, the planet's going away. Fern dies... Volt dies and somehow Pariah is able to grab Lady Quirk and pull him along with her, which I have a massive problem with because we've seen him watch how many Earths die and he's like, I can't do anything to help you. I can't do anything to help you. And then he just poofs. Right. But clearly he can at least save one person, And does not do so. So. (laughs) Yeah, that that
0: goes away from everything we know about that character so far.
1: Yeah, which is not much to begin with, but correct. Uh, Then we hop over to the monitor who is monitoring because, you know, it's his namesake. And he is very interested in uh, Dr. Hoshi. And she is a female scientist coming into a room full of men. And she's a very controlling scientist from what you see here. Mm -hmm. Um, Very demanding. And she gets over onto a telescope and is looking through it. And um, she notices that something's happening on the star Vega. And she makes a comment about the light and it was dead directly towards her. And then the telescope blew up and all the scientists are trying to figure out what happened. Hop over to the monitor monitors watching these scientists trying to figure out what's happening. We have, <laughs> this is watching TV inside TV inside TV. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Heartbreaker watching the monitor watching the scientists and then we have Alexander Luther watching all the previous there and he Alexander Luther knows something's going on he knows she's in pain Um, that he also knows that she's planning on killing the monitor and he makes the comment that it when she does, the monitor already knows that she's planning on killing him, and that's Mm-mm. part of his plan. Yep. Oh, okay. Then we hop over to the anti-monitor and psycho pirate and psycho pirate is just a wackadoo. <laughs> um, he's all sorts of excited that they're bringing in the red tornado, even though the red tornado doesn't, isn't aware of it yet. Um, and the end of my Monitor puts up with Psycho Pirate and even offer but basically said knock it off or I will go after the girl called Phobia and she's worth she can suffice what I need. So just shut up.
0: Um <laughs> uh, Well the dumb thing is, right, so would Psycho Pirate even work on an Android? I don't
1: I mean, know how
0: <laughs> Yeah. You know, um, I, I love the idea of Red Tornado, but every time I read anything with Red Tornado, he's super boring. Yeah. There's only been
1: one... I think it was the Brad Meltzer Justice League story. He did a like a three-part mini, or a little three-part series inside the main storyline about Red Tornado that was okay. But it's one yeah. of those characters I, w- I really want more out of. But you never get it. No. I would like to see
0: Tom King take him on. That'd be awesome. Give him some kind of life because the miniseries from the 80s was super boring. The old Justice League with him in him, he kind of ruined it for me. It was just like this boring robot. Like If you're used to the vision, you're not going to like Red Tornado. Yeah. Um, Then
1: we get a... Update on Infinity's favorite couple, (laughs) Killer Frost and Firestorm. Killer Frost is still under Psycho Pirate's persuasion, so she's still very much in love with Firestorm. And they're back in time, and Vandal Savage makes an appearance here. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, and The Shining Knight. The Shining Knight, yep. And because it's not a comic book uh, story without the two, you know, the hero of that time, fight the hero of the current time to realize that they're on the same team, Shining Knight goes out to attack <laughs> Firestorm. And then before the attack takes place, Shadow People show up. And they all start fighting. And Vandal Savage makes the comment that he's got to know whatever's happening even more now because if he's going to control the world, he has to have that knowledge. And then it looks like it's the Anti Monitor kind of forms in a shadow form and goes on top of this tower that's been placed there and is going to destroy this tower. Start destroying the towers, and then we hop back over from last issue where the outsiders and the Teen Titans are all together with Batman and Superman in front of one of these towers. And um, there is a big, bright, shining light on the top of it, and it is Dr. He show I think is what I said her name was uh, dressed in this costume and yelling orders in whatever her country's from China. It's some kind of Asian country. And so nobody understands her. So it only makes sense again to attack. <laughs> it's the nature. See if anybody knows what she's saying and, um, So Starfire and the Power Pack Reject go flying. (laughs) I can't remember what her name is. What is...
0: Uh, Kimio Hoshi is Japanese.
1: Uh, Who's the Power Pack Reject, though?
0: (laughs) That... Oh, come on now. What's her name? She...
1: I can't remember what her name is. but oh, I'll they, find it. They both go storming after um, her to... Halo. Halo, okay, thank you. Go flying after her. And you see Superman scream no. Uh, she's defending the machine. And she announces herself as Dr. Light. And Halo and Starfire get... Knocked silly and Donna Troy saved Starfire. And oh, if I went to the next page, I would have been able to say she was Japanese because Katana was there and she understood everything, but nobody thought to check with her first before storming off to attack. <laughs> <laughs> Just, this is a fantastic story. Just some of the stuff that's taking place is like seriously. Um, and all of a sudden, Superman is fluent in Japanese and has a conversation with Doctor Light.
0: You got to remember that Superman has that super brain.
1: That's this is true. this is
0: pre-Crisis, so he's got super everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Whatever fits the story. Yeah. Uh, then we hop to Paradise Island where um, Wonder Woman's standing there. Basically, talking to herself or thinking to herself how her mother and all her sisters have pretty much said, Yep, this is the end. Nothing we can do about it. Forget it. Um, But she's not ready to give up yet. Then we go back over to the monitor, and you finally get the connection between the monitor and Pariah. The monitor is the one that put Pariah in this position, making him hop through time. And is explaining who he is because he didn't realize this with the monitor. he's like, yeah, I know all this. Uh, you started doing it when I got this station up and running the day before. So, yeah, you are doing exactly what I want you to do. Um, and Priya starts yelling at him. <laughs> because he's like, why would you make me go through this? And so the monitor is kind of explaining everything and how uh, er- everything's set where Earth 1 and Earth 2 are going to end up being destroyed. And surprise like, all these worlds are going to die. Um, what, what are you going to do to fix it? And he's like, I'm, hey, I'm working on it the best I can. Um, and about that time, Lila comes in. And the monitor looks at her and goes, do what you must. And she just, big blast out of his her arms, and knocks over the monitor. Pariah, after watching so many deaths, quickly examines the monitor and goes, yep, he's dead. <laughs> and <clears throat> starts <laughs> to cry for many a panel. And the last two pages of the book, you start seeing earth Two, earth one, all these plants starting to merge into this white abyss. And that's where it leaves off. Um, I summed a lot of that up because there is a lot of talking there. There is to say the same thing. <laughs> yep. I'm trying to, I'm trying to fix the problem. Everything's going to die. <laughs> yep.
0: That's how I'm going to fix it. You're all dead.
1: (laughs) Working on it. Come on. Give me a break. So, all right. I didn't care for that one as much. You know, what I found with this is the series is very, oh, wow, this is awesome. And then, oh, that's boring. You know, and then, oh, awesome again. They kind of hop back and forth Mm -hmm. a lot. Um, between good and bad. And the <clears throat> I hate saying it, but the bad books are typically the ones where you're not seeing the characters that have been developed a little bit more. I think you can find a, a good common ground of keeping some of those developed characters that you know alongside with some of those characters you're trying to develop in the same book. But it seems like it's either... A bunch of characters you know in one book, and then Pariah, Harminger, the monitor, Alexander Luther, who cares? You
0: know. Right. Kind of
1: mesh it together.
0: It's just a lot of them just talking saying the same thing that you're gonna read later. Yeah. You know, like
1: Okay. All right, so that takes us to uh, Random Reads. Random Reads. And I have absolutely none, so what do you got, Nick?
0: All right, so I got two. So um, I hit the quarter box, right, and I found issue number one from March 1990 of Mike Grills Sable. Ooh. Never – Never read Sable before in my life. Um, thanks to Ryan for introducing me to an independent comic book page on Facebook where these guys just talk about nothing but independent books. They were they were going off on how great this series is. And I got to say, I liked Mike Grill before. I liked uh, Green Arrow. I liked Warlord. Sable is pretty damn amazing. Uh huh. But why does he have to have a superhero sh- like a face mask on? I understand they bring it up in here that it's to to uh you know make people fear him, right? Like he's Batman or something. He's just a dude in a suit with a weird black terror face mask. It's odd, right? So mm-hmm. this story starts out, there's a, a typical Mike Grell character. He's blonde. He's got a weird little mustache. He's got glasses on. And he's on a, a morning talk show talking about how he wrote this children's book and how he's one of the biggest names in writing children's books. And his name is Benny Cohen. Well, then he's like, no, it's Cohan, right? Like, oh, whatever, blah, 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 right? So what does the BB stand for? Buford Bernard. So he goes on, and then they're talking about – he goes off, right? And he he goes off the, the show, and they're talking more about the news, about how the president is going to have a visit, right? And this isn't just any president. This is Ronald Reagan. And it's totally Ronald Reagan, right? Because he says, say hello to Bonzo for me, right? Yep. So – um. So uh, this guy goes home, right? And they're talking about uh, how the, the security has been. They don't have to bring in other security, like the police have it, right? They're they're like uh, nothing's going to happen, like what happened before. <laughs> okay, so what happened before, right? So, um, so it ends up this guy Cohen is John Sable. He's a bounty hunter, and he lives. As his his cover as a child book author, crazy, right? So this is a this is a guy that's been in the CIA. He's been a, uh, a, not a bounty hunter. He's a mercenary, right? Mm-hmm. And in his house, he has, what does he call it? He calls it. Um, Hogan's alley right that's what they call it When you go in and you're you're shooting Dummies on the walls and they pop up out of nowhere yep. And While they're doing this People invade his house I'm like You do know who this guy is right You're just gonna go invade his house And he It ends up that They work for the US government And they're trying to get his attention to go down Talk to a guy in a car and the guy in the car is the president, right? And just funny how he's just like, you know, like kind of flip it with him. And being a chill kid of the 80s, it's like I could, I could see Ronald as being just the dude, right? As just being like a normal guy. You know, he was governor of California, then he became president, but he was an actor and just a normal person before that. Right. Um, Struggling actor who made movies with monkeys. At least he was making movies. Right. And so it goes into a little bit more of Sable's backstory about him being in the military. And, you know, and that one guy that was just incredibly insane, that he's like, this has to be the guy that's coming for him, you know. Josh Winters, and he goes and talks to his mercenary buddies, and they're like, you know, I need to find him. Well, you know, he's probably, you know, here, and so long story short, they he finds like the perfect sniper's nest to take out the president, and There's a big battle between him and Winters on the top of the building. And, you know, he saves the day, saves the president. And the only thing John Sable wanted was for his past to be erased out of the system. Like, just to completely wash himself out of any computer. And Reagan gives him the key to the CIA headquarters, and he goes in and erases himself. And he comes back and he gives Ronald the key. Cool 80s, you know, noir military book. It's cool. I just don't get the suit. I don't get it. But that's okay. You I can't think he it. loses it in later issues. Yeah, I hope so. Okay, so I'm going to give you a, a little bit of what this story is about. And you tell me what the title is, okay? Okay. All right. So it is the year 2055. It is after the first and only nuclear war. There is a guy named Zygote and his buddy, and they're driving a steam car full of slaves to a guy named Sluggo. And they get stopped by one, two, three, four, five, six, six kids. Okay, maybe I should say that uh, Sluggo is a little blue dude, and his partner is like a four-armed reptile, right? And he's attacked by a guy with an axe, a girl with nunchucks, another girl with swords, another girl with a bow, a redhead kid with a crossbow, and another kid with a sword. And... It goes on like like these kids have known each other for a long time, right? And there's a big history there and they're not telling you what this history is. This is getting to me. I'm like, what is going on? I didn't read the first series of this. I have no idea who these people are, right? Um, Then they meet this guy named Kildare and he is apparently their Professor X. He's the one who saved them and brought them. I can't. I'm not going to give you this word. I don't want to tell you the word, right? <laughs> um, so let's just say that he saved them. But he he needs a power cell, so his cybernetic body won't shut down. And the only place that has one is in Sluggo's main headquarters. And they have to infiltrate it, and they have to figure out a way of doing it. And then it goes to a backstory, which I thank God it went to a backstory because it was making no sense to me, of a whole bunch of, like, deformed people after the, the the nuclear bomb went off. Everybody got changed. You know, people are, like, red skin, blue skin. Um, there's monsters everywhere. One guy has yellow skin, purple skin. Some people have hair. Some people don't have hair. Some people are giant monsters. Some people are giant slugs, like the the Jabba the Hutt character called slogo right? He's got a derby on, which, and a tie, which makes it even weirder because it's Jabba uh. the with a, with a derby and a tie. And... <laughs> so, uh, in the past, slogo had this coliseum, right? And he would put these people that he got out of the, the wild and brought in and he, they'd have them fight and... Kildare comes in and saves these six kids, and is like, you know, I can can save you from what you are. I can change you back to humans. And they're like, oh, sweet, right? One of them was like, well, I'm starting to feel like a microwave pizza, right? Just stuff that this kid shouldn't know what a microwave pizza is, right? You shouldn't this is like 2055 there's no microwaves so they go and he transforms them and there's this splash panel of just like six naked kids well they're not kids they're like maybe 18 19 years old it's strategically covered with uh shadow and hair right and one one kid's like uh are you cold shannon i'm freezing how can you tell right and just stupid jokes like that and uh Can you guess what this book is?
1: Good gravy. Um, The character of Slogo sounds familiar. Six kids. killed there.
0: 2055. I'll give you a hint. Is it the Power Pack new book? No. Uh, uh, (laughs) I'll give you a hint. There was a Sega Genesis game for this book. Was it that? No, I'm thinking of something different. I have no idea. It's X Mutants by Malibu. Oh! And you know how hard it is to talk about X Mutants without using the word mutants. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like this book. I'd never read it before, but what's funny is, so I hit the like the quarter box. And I got Issue 1, Issue 2, and Issue 7. And I remember playing this game and having no idea who these people were.
1: I had no idea it was a game.
0: Yeah, like Issue 1 came out, and it has an advertisement for the the game in it. Wow. So, and it's pretty funny that Marvel now owns these characters, and they're never going to use them. No. No. Because why would you want a group of ex-mutants in a, in a world full of mutants? It'd be pretty funny it if up they were for a little bit. <laughs> part of the X-Men, you know, they're the ex- ex-mutants. Retired mutants. <laughs> right. But the art is awesome. The story isn't so bad. I mean, it's definitely a Malibu book from the early 90s. It's not bad. I, I kind of like it. I'm going to buy more of them.
1: Yeah, they shouldn't be too hard to find. I seen so I can see those all over the place.
0: It's got good Ooh. character interaction, and yeah, it's not bad. Ooh. All right, dude, that's all I got. Hey, um, before we get into news, I just want to ask you a question. Hmm. Who is Hulkling's father?
1: Okay, Hulkling is the one from Young Avengers.
0: Yep. Oh. Let's just say we've talked about him a lot. Today? <laughs> no, not today.
1: Oh, okay. Because you're obviously the first instinct to go with is the Hulk. Um, I think I should know this.
0: I didn't know it, and I'm a huge fan. Not of Hulkling, but of his dad. It's Captain Marvell. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, Marvell apparently had a tryst with a scroll back in the day, and she had a kid, and it's Hulkling. Huh. That was in 2008 in Young Avengers Presents number two.
1: Okay. I read the main series, I didn't read the
0: I didn't read any of the offshoots. The, yeah. Once uh, Kid Kang left, I was like, man, I love that character. <laughs> the Iron Kid. Yep. I love that kid. Like that that character, like and then it was just like, it's just Kang? Uh... <laughs> it's... Don't get me wrong. You, you know love Kang. King. You know, yeah, but the fact that Iron Kid, what or Iron Iron Lad, Iron Kid, whatever. He was a rip off of Legion of Superheroes. Let's just say that. Right. But the whole series was a rip off of Legion of Superheroes. But I I wanted more for that character. It's kind of like uh, when Zorn was Magneto. Right. I was like, man, no. Zorn is not Magneto. Magneto does not have a son in his head. Grant Morrison.
1: Hmm. <laughs> We all Uh, know what Grant Morrison does to hero characters that we all
0: love. Right. Uh, All right, dude. uh, Did you see the... uh, Okay, let's get to the news. Did you see the March distribution list for DC Comics?
1: I looked at it. It seems like there's something on there I was going to bring up. What did you see?
0: It's uh, about two-thirds the size. They're cutting back at least a third of the books.
1: Yeah, I knew they are going to be doing something like that. Um, that's the rumor, at least, was going to happen.
0: Yep. Yeah, there was a thing on, I think it was like CBR or, yeah, I think it was CBR that they were talking about, like, it went from like 57 to 35.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> I mean, because of those 57, how many of them were, you know, okay, we have, Six Justice League books. We have 14 Batman books. Like, we don't need, you know. It, now granted, all they're probably keeping is Batman and Superman and Justice League. But and
0: Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn's coming back. They canceled her book and they're bringing it back. Yeah. <sighs> yeah.
1: I, I think it's good that they're cutting down... Um, Put more focus on, you know, the characters a little bit better. Um, a little more effort into the books that they have going, I guess. Mm-hmm. Instead of you know, quality over quantity, right? Wish Marvel would do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just I wish Marvel would just knock it off with the constant giant storylines yeah just stop you've I mean how many times have you been told by your fans to knock it off you don't care you don't listen
1: no they don't until people stop buying them they never will just ah uh,
0: I think that's what we gotta do is just just stop stop buying it
1: well I've been doing my part I haven't touched an X-Men book <laughs> <laughs>
0: How dare you? Neither have I. Neither have I. <laughs> and I wanted to read the ROM part in uh, cable. But I, I don't care. Like, I love ROM, but it's not going to be enough.
1: Yeah. And, um, have you seen the Superhero DC superhero pops for Christmas. Yes. Oh (laughs) no! They they have a Superman. They have a Wonder Woman. They have Batman dressed as Ebenezer Scrooge. They have a Joker. They have a Flash dressed like a reindeer. And they have Harley Quinn. seriously of course the other ones I can understand to an extent but Harley <laughs> you look, know dress green lantern up like a Christmas tree at least he's green or something you know use good characters I saw somebody yesterday put something on one of the sites I thought I can't remember what, what it was but they posted a picture of uh, the DC trading cards from 1992. The packs, right? Mm-hmm. There's this pack with Superman on it, a pack with Wonder Woman on it, a pack with, I think it was Batman or The Flash. I keep, No, a pack with Green Lantern on it, and a pack uh, with Deathstroke on it. And that's what the four packages were somebody yep. said why, why are they doing Deathstroke and my comment back was because Harley Quinn didn't exist in 92 she came out in 93 otherwise it would have been Harley Quinn
0: <laughs> yeah Deathstroke was huge when that, that series came out yeah and I think they wanted a villain on the cover of it too because it, all heroes would be just kind of boring yeah no I agree and I think Deathstroke had his own series at that time he did um, not very good but
1: the annual the elseworld annual that they did was great i really enjoyed the that series when the, all the annuals had the same theme yeah and it wasn't uh jlape or whatever it was
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 oh that's when you had the crossover event when it was actually taking place in <laughs> annuals opposed to main story continuity. Oh.
0: But even those annual crossovers a lot of them were so disjointed it made no sense.
1: Oh yeah, no. I absolutely agree.
0: If anybody Maybe wants so... a perfect example of that, go read Atlantis attacks. Oh. Yeah. The story uh, what? <laughs> I mean, Silver Surfer and he doesn't even go down. I don't even remember. I don't remember that story at all. I, I read it like three or four times on the way down to Florida and I don't remember it at all.
1: You must have been really bored to read it three or four times.
0: <laughs> I had like two books to bring down there and both of them were Atlantis Attacks annuals. Oh... Yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh. Ouch. 24 <laughs> hour in a camper van. I'm gonna go down there. <laughs> Bring some books. Okay. That and my Tiger Electronics baseball game.
1: Oh. Yeah. That was fun. Oh, Did it my just God. right. You knew it was home run immediately. Yep. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think I had that in the Castlevania with me. Man, those things. Oh,
1: good times!
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> our version of video games, yeah. Our trips,
0: <laughs> it's an LCD screen and it's got the three things it does. Sweet. <laughs> Oh
1: I missed that baseball game.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright. Yeah, I don't have much else on the news side. I look I know the list for top 50 comics came out for 2020. Um, a lot of X-Men stuff made on there. Um trying to think a lot of independent stuff as well. And when I'm saying independent I'm talking like not a main publisher at all independent not boom, not a dark horse, nothing like that. It's a lot of self-publishing or smaller print press stuff. Um, nothing super surprising on there, I don't think. Yeah, that's about it. Scott's joined. Oh, I think he's got a review coming for us, doesn't he? Yep. I'm excited about this one. Hey, Scott. Got you there?
2: Testing, testing. One, two,
1: three. There you are. Okay.
2: Yeah. Whew. What did I miss, guys?
1: <laughs> oh, where to start? Just uh, jump to the random read. Nick's coverage of the random reads were fantastic.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, they were so good. No, we were just talking about uh, (laughs) road trips as kids and what we would take with us. And I remember taking like two Atlantis Attacks graphic novels and or not graphic novels, but uh, annual issues and Tiger Electronics baseball game.
2: What a fascinating topic. (laughs) Okay, that came off as sounding way too sarcastic. I didn't mean it that way. (laughs)
0: To uh to quote Arn, they can't all be like perfect, you know. I can't remember what he said, but when he was like making up songs for that, episode. Like, they can't all be perfect, you
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh, uh, t- um, to address the earlier concern, no, no, I don't have a review ready uh, because I've had a very busy weekend. Uh, so, I actually haven't had time to go uh, grab any screenshots like I normally do. So, that's... Uh, right. ooh, uh, sports comic, or a romance, or a horror comic? Oh. I'll talk... I'll riff on any of those three. Let's
1: do sports.
2: Sports. Good answer. Sports. Yes, I have a, I do have a favorite uh, sports comic, and yes, it is on tapas, and it is called Backcourt, and I'm trying to look it up right now, and it is a pay comic, but uh, you can read the first couple chapters for free, and the story is okay, but this is one of the comics that you read for the artwork. Uh, Because it's total eye candy. And I... It is an... Asian comic. I think it's Japanese, but it might be Korean, actually. There it is. Backcourt by Star Road. Backcourt being one word. There is a certain uh, style to these. Because uh, all of the back, uh, a lot, if not all of the backgrounds, are made with CG. So uh, when you're inside like a gymnasium, you're seeing all of the rafters. Um, The perspective is always perfect, it's really dynamite. And that lets the artist, Star Road, focus on the human figures. She draws uh, very well. It's uh, dynamic, he uses special effects, so it's, it looks a little like reading a Mortal Kombat <laughs> comic book or something. Um, great action sequences all throughout. Uh, the story is about a uh, guy who used to play basketball, got a job uh, teaching basketball as a high school coach realized after he took the job that it's actually at a, at a girl's school and he's trying to get himself fired. <laughs> so it's like uh, a female bad news bears, except they're playing high school basketball and uh, uh, the coach is trying to lose. So there are comedy aspects to it. I'm on chapter 21 right now. So when I get my... So when I earn some free ink, uh, this is the comic that I spend it on. This Nice. Because... Gorgeous. Yeah,
0: I'm looking at it right now, too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, maybe I'll grab a few screen caps um, from the later chapters to throw them up here. But yeah, yeah, uh, you got interesting characters. You've got a uh, plot that develops well, if somewhat predictable. Uh, The story is okay. It's just um, that that's not why we're here. We're here for the eye candy. So, that's what I'm bringing to the party.
0: I do love how the guy wears a a sweatshirt that says Star Road on it. (laughs) You want to advertise yourself.
2: (laughs) You know, I never noticed that.
0: (laughs) Well, I looked at
1: the prologue, and they did a close-up of the basketball. And the league they're playing in is the WKB... E, or Kobe? Maybe a reference to Kobe Bryant?
2: Yeah. Almost certainly. So she puts it a little... And basketball's not even my sport. I don't actually know that much about it. But uh, it's still fun to read. It's easy to follow. At one point in my favorite scene, uh, they're playing their first scrimmage game, and they're losing... So they go to the coach, and they say, Coach, we really need you to tell us what to do. So um, he takes out a marker, and it's, he starts writing on his clipboard. He draws a basketball, and he says, The ball? Put it in the hoop. And that's all his advice.
1: <laughs> Pretty accurate. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it looks great.
2: From the issues I've looked at so far. Mm-hmm. All right. So, how are you guys uh, outside of comics? How's life? Uh, how are you? How are you dealing with? Uh, uh, how are you surviving in the great frozen north? <coughs> I'm in Florida, so no, so frozen. Me. We got. <laughs> we got what
1: fifty. Yeah. 50s today and yesterday, slight chance of snow on Wednesday, maybe
0: <laughs> a dusting, as they call it. It's t shirt <laughs> weather here.
2: <laughs> that sounds almost pleasant. <laughs> wow,
0: yeah. I just when it hits like negative five, then, then we're gonna want to move. <laughs> You're going a little fuzzy there, Nick. Every year I just want to move. I don't want to do another winter.
1: But the winters keep on getting better and better every year because we get less and
0: less snow. Right. <laughs> yeah, I bought my daughter a sled. I was like, oh, you better go sledding now because it's not going to be here for a long <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is the one snow we get this year. We're going to freeze it out the rest of the year, but this is the one snow you get, so go out and hit it up now. She did it twice and was like, eh, I'm done. It's the walk back up the hill that killed her, wasn't it?
0: It was my front yard. It's not that long of a walk. It's not that big of a hill. (laughs) Nope, I'm done, Dad. Okay, great. Glad I bought you a sled.
2: So... Oh, so you're one of those guys who has the house that's up on the top of the hill because you're paranoid of flooding. Actually, a really damn good idea.
0: Yeah, with all my comics in the basement, I don't like floods. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, you're not
1: buying any major parts of bodies of water anyhow, Nick, so I don't think you have to worry about it too much.
0: You never know. (laughs) You get that super volcano.
2: (laughs) What is the uh, prevalent natural disaster in your neck of the woods, guys? Uh. Is that the classic Midwest tornado?
0: tornado?
1: Tornado. Yep. Or a Husker loss.
0: Oh, yep. <laughs> That's every week now. <laughs> yeah, we have
1: more of those than we do uh, tornadoes.
0: Yep.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, will there be a episode of Timothy this evening?
1: There will be. Yes.
2: Finally. I'll be looking forward to that, be to that, and then I'll be looking forward to listening to this show later, which um, oh, when it when it uh, shows up on my feed.
1: Mm. Nick did a fantastic job with this show tonight. He carried
0: it hundred percent. Oh yeah, totally. Oh totally yeah, it. you know, I had to do my I had to do my part once in a while.
2: <laughs> I'm sure that I'm going to get that joke later.
0: <laughs> well. Yeah. No, it didn't sometimes do I feel like I just like stuff. some I feel like I call it in some nights, you know, just like, oh yeah, just comic. <laughs> so this yeah. This night I actually did a review and I actually kind of made it semi coherent.
2: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, guys. That's all I got, but um, Thank I you. will be listening in on the Timothy podcast in a few minutes. I'm
1: good. sure. All right, thanks, Scott. Thanks, man. See you.
2: Good to speak with you. Good Bye. To speak to you.
1: See you. Bye. Well, that wraps up another evening with us. Uh, I know it was a little bit lighter show, um, but. They all can't be winners. So <laughs> that's it.
0: Yep. That's what <laughs> I was trying to say.
1: Maybe that's why I was stuck in my head. I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> um, I did think you did an excellent job tonight, Nick. You do always do an excellent job. But since I had no random reads, you carried the show perfectly by yourself, and it was right. much
0: appreciated. Perfect. Yes. I just wish I would remember to read some books that I'm supposed to read. <laughs> And I also, uh, I got uh, some books from the library, and I'm just like, why do I do that? Why do I get books out that I'm never going to read, and I just take them, I have to pay them back? (laughs) I I get it. I get it. I got the omnibus of Golden Age Wonder Woman. Ooh. I haven't cracked it yet, and it's been a month. I got a notice that it's due back. I'm like, oh, great. Why do I... And I don't even know. I've read some Golden Age Wonder Woman, and I'm not a fan of it. So maybe that's a good thing. I didn't read it. <laughs> I probably just count how many times she gets tied up in that book. Eight
1: hundred and thirty-two in this two hundred and seventy-page book. <laughs> <laughs> yep. At least three times an issue. Well, that wasn't that her weakness, if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah all right yeah all right man all right well thanks for listening and have a good night we'll catch you next time
0: see you Ryan and Nick bye bye